Hi, I'm Jill Fitz from Jacobs Foundation's Learning Minds portfolio. This is episode one in a limited series all about achieving evidence-based good practice in education. We want to dig into the question, how can we help evidence in practice? To help explore the topic with me, I've brought my wonderful colleague and co-lead for Learning Minds, Anna Kubil. Hi, Gilda. Anna, we're here together at a workshop hosted by the Jacobs Foundation, which we've titled Evidence in Practice in Action. We've brought along six fabulous organizations from our community of Best Practice Prize finalists and winners. Can you explain a bit about the context and what we hope to achieve with this workshop? Right. In this workshop, what we've done is to actually bring together organizations that are already very strong in the use of evidence and trying to test their practices. But we are also bringing researchers to help them with the shared or unique challenges. Now, through the work of the Jacobs Foundation, we've seen firsthand that some organizations are truly amazing at answering tough questions about the impact of their work. But how do we build evidence into these systems? Why are some so good at it, but not all? And how can we help spread good practice? Earlier on, we asked our participants to share stories from their work, which they think could help to understand this appetite and aspiration for taking an evidence-based approach. Let's listen now to some of these organizations. Hello, I'm Josephine Mkakadisa. I'm the country director for Right to Play Ghana, the global organization that started in Ghana in 2001. We have our headquarters in Toronto, Canada and London, UK implementing programs in Africa and Middle East, 15 countries in total, and some offices in Europe supporting on fundraising. We wanted to know how many children are benefiting from our programs, from participating in play and sport activities, how many coaches are being trained to deliver meaningful sport programs, So from simple data collection tools or one person or two person collecting data, the organization started strengthening our monitoring and evaluation system, developing more tools, working in partnership with consultants to help do some baselines for our project, midterm evaluations and endline evaluations to know based on different projects what are the changes we have been able to make and how can we use those data to sustain the best practices we had started implementing in different countries. Then from project evaluations, we thought also integrating some learning studies, not just the results of the project, but also understanding how is participating in play impact some projects of young people, for example. We also do learning studies on how the teachers are changing their attitude and practices towards using play-based learning as a methodology, changing their traditional ways of uh, teacher-centered to child-centered using play-based learning methodologies to make sure that the children learn better and improve their reading skills, their numeracy skills, and also life skills in schools, because life skills are kind of a foundation. For now, in most of the proposal we submit to the donor, the discussion we have with potential donor, they ask 
what are the results you have achieved with play-based learning methodology in the classroom or addressing health issues? How can we understand that play-based learning methodology can be a best approach to engage the learners and improve their learning outcomes? So we need to uh, make sure we convince the donor, we become a competing organization in different sectors where we work. It's also a demand from the government. So in the countries where we work, because we want to influence the system, we need to demonstrate that the approaches we are bringing are contributing to address the challenges they have. That's why the evidence becomes a priority for the organization to position ourselves and the countries where we are and gain more partnerships with the government and other education stakeholders. My name is Jeff Pirar. I work for VVUB, Education for Development, and I've been with the organization for a long time, for more than 17 years in the meantime, in putting evidence in practice and to generate evidence from our practice. The journey and the evolution that I've seen goes along with also how we have organized ourselves, where originally when I started uh, back in uh, around 2006, we were implementing like standalone smaller kind of projects. In that phase of the organization, we did some research and we tried to collect some evidence on a very individual basis. And it was done ourselves and based very much on our own interests in yeah, gathering some kind of ideas on effectiveness and these kind of questions. Later on, we developed into an organization that was implementing larger scale programs, still in uh, country contexts, country programs that was, sometimes consisting of different smaller projects that fitted within a larger program. In the last couple of years, we really have then also shifted to uh, what we call regional or multi-country flagship programs, that thematic focus and that let's say, regional or multi-country ambition, also came again with a step in our journey on collecting and generating evidence. For us, it also went along with shifting from more, let's say, smaller scale innovative projects and then the ambition that was to some extent driven externally by a request from donors, but also government partners in scaling some of those innovations to the national level and then we are currently also exploring if some of these solutions where we have evidence on can be scaled at the regional level. My name is Jocelyn Kirezi. I also work with VVOB. Building on what Chef was mentioning around the, the whole journey into evidence, so those stages that we are now in is also the collaborative aspect. So we are now really engaging with different researchers and at country level but also at regional level. At country level, it means, for instance, we collect a lot of data into our monitoring systems. And there, sorry to tell, but some of the time we don't have enough time to explore further into the specificality. So we engage, for instance, other PhD students or some other researchers uh, around the continent who wants to understand further the essence of what we are doing. My name is Michael Kluche. I'm the Senior Learning Manager at Seba Education. Seba Education is a non-for-profit organization and we are working in the ECE space in Ghana. 
been working in Ghana for the past almost 20 years plus. We've been working closely with the government of Ghana, specifically with the Ghana Education Service, to work towards providing in-service training for kindergarten teachers over the period. Our work with the government of Ghana, or the GES, has been quite intentional in the fact that we've tried as much as possible to provide information or learnings as we progress with our training and support over the period. At the district level where we work, we do that closely with the district managers, the district training officers, and as we train them and they implement, we observe, we monitor, we learn, and we feedback that information to them and they see the information and we are able to work through with them to be able to see what is working, what is not working, why it's not working and what solution we could provide to be able to get to the result that we want. So Sabre is well positioned as a learning organization. We've done our best to be able to internalize learning over the period. I would say that learning has not only been driven by the donor community, but internally we are interested in changing our processes based on data, based on information. So learning is key in everything that we do. And therefore, the learning department or the m department in Sabre Education provides that leverage within the organization. We are quite independent in our operations. We, based on the data, determine what to look out for, what information to collect, and what to turn them around into very meaningful data and to initiate discussions at the program level also our leadership, to be able to see the progress that we are making across the various projects. In fact, the learning manager, which is myself, is part of the senior leadership team, and therefore we elevate learning to the position of senior leadership, and therefore every decision that is taken is backed by some relevant data. And I think that this is quite something that personally is new to me, uh, having been in different organizations, Sabre, placing learning at that higher level of senior leadership is quite a novelty and I think it's something that I have learned a lot and continue to learn. It's an opportunity for me and my team to be producing relevant information, relevant data to be able to drive learning within the organization and also to inform policy and practice within the government education system. Hi, my name is David Palua and I work for Africates Ghana. Africates has a, a very long history as far as evidence generation and use of research generally is concerned. Africates started as a volunteer-led organization. At the time, the only evidence that we could generate was to write letters thanking individuals, both locally and abroad, who had contributed financial resources towards the work of Africates. As time went on, staff and community members started demanding some feedback from management with regards to how they were performing and wanting to know whether the work they were doing was generating or leading to the results that the organization wanted to see. In the meantime, we also recruited a new board member who was an academic and will tell us in the face that David, I'm not interested in coming to a meeting for you to outline the various individual activities that you and your team implemented over the period. I want you to be able to tell me how those activities have led to an impact in the lives of the children that you are working for. When it comes to assessing or reviewing our work, the male team is at the forefront of that, providing feedback, and together the team works to incorporate what they have learned into their work. 
I'm excited today, although it's taken us over 20 years to get to where we are today as an organization. Hi, I'm William Chantreau from uh, Luminous Fund. I'm the data scientist of this organization. So our journey is, is quite different. It's much shorter. So Luminous Fund has been launched in 2016. So it's a pretty new organization. And it has been launched, created by an investment business. In fact, we are the legacy philanthropic arm of Legatum. And because of that, we had from the start this appetite for data and data-driven solutions. The way we work at Luminous is implementing data, collecting data, everything revolves around this process to really support our teacher and student-centered method. So recently, Luminous Fund led a, a very successful RCT in Liberia. And obviously, it makes a, a lot of publicity for the organization and obviously to attract more stakeholders. So that's exactly the data-driven solution or program, but it helps us to grow and to prove that our model is cost-efficient and it is working. Okay, so that was really interesting. What I noticed was how evidence is embedded in absolutely everything these organizations are doing. And this data-driven decision-making of being led by the data has originated within the organizations. Maybe because the people working within these organizations were keen to get feedback with regards to how they're performing and keen to know whether the work they're doing is generating or leading to the results that the organization wanted to see. And what about the use of the data and evidence to become a learning organization? They're really committed to improve their own work. They're really critical and they're using evidence to improve how they do things. One last thing they mentioned is how challenging it can be to convince the stakeholders of the effectiveness of their programs. It was only the actual data that could convince donors or governments that investment was actually worth it. You'll hear more from our partners in our next episode available now. Click subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. If you know an organization that's excellent at using evidence in practice, note that applications for the 2024 Best Practice Prize are now open until 16th February 2024. Take a look at the Jacobs Foundation website www.jacobsfoundation.org. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not represent the policy or position of Jacobs Foundation or its partners. This podcast is for general information purposes only. For further information, visit jacobsfoundation.org.